0: Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Julie, tonight. How are you, Julie?
1: I am doing fabulous. I'm a little tired, but I'm doing great. Just got back from Charleston, which is one of our favorite places to go as a family.
0: For those of you who don't know, we split the family up for the weekend. It was tough. I had Monroe and Dawson here holding down the fort. Julie took Beckham and Paxton to the soccer tournament.
1: You know, if you're going to have a soccer tournament,
0: (laughs) you want it to be at the beach.
1: (laughs) So it was lovely weather, lovely beach time with the kids. We had great conversations, Mm. came back absolutely whipped. Our van was trashed. I mean, I think we got a whole entire trash bag full of sand, (laughs) seashells, you name it. Food
0: bags, dirty cleats. Paxton was sick
1: when he came back. The sun just took it right out of Yeah, them.
0: His team had a tough time. They were in a really, really tough division. They were playing too hard of teams. Beckham's team won the whole tournament. They were undefeated. So, yes. And you were the soccer mom supreme out there. Way to go. Wish yes. I could have seen it all, but I also had a great time with Dawson and Monroe. Just had a lot of one-on-one time playing Candyland, playing catch, playing everything under the and sun if with you Monroe. don't know
1: David, if I am gone... He will eat out the pantry. So That's right.
0: Spend as little money as possible on food. Just make whatever we can, whatever is left in the house.
1: Yes. Frozen peas and ramen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Some peanut butter crackers. We did all of that, but it was good. And it was a really good Sunday. And it's good to be back for episode three here.
1: We have a very big topic today.
0: Absolutely. We're calling this episode, Be the Influencer. And we're going to look at Proverbs 22 verse 6 but I just want to say even before Julie you read this verse this is a well-known verse at the same time a lot of people don't really understand this verse very well and there's been even some backlash to the point where some people just avoid this verse but it's in the Bible it's an important passage and we have a lot to
1: say about it yes so let's get going Proverbs 22 6 Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they shall not depart from it.
0: So this verse appears pretty straightforward, and I don't really like getting into this, but this is one of these verses where you do have to say something, because this is one of the hardest verses to translate from the original Hebrew. It just is. And there's a lot of different views that people come down on with this verse. I don't know how familiar you are with this, Julie or listeners, but for one, if you just take this as a promise, which some people do, you get yourself into some problems, right?
1: Yeah. It's like, Hey, I'm going to train up my child. I'm going to do all the right things from a biblical perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: then they will turn out right.
0: Right. So, this used to be super popular for christians who view it that way as a promise all right well if we do what we should do and we give our children the right kind of training great i'm going to keep depositing these coins in the vending machine and pump out the right product and so when i do it right look at me pat on the back i was godly i raised my kids well and then for the people who don't have kids who turned out well They get guilt and shame. Like, what did I do wrong? So you run into some serious issues if it's just a straight-up promise because that's just not what we see in real life. There are good parents who've done everything they can. The verse we talked about, train up your child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Give them godly discipline and instruction. And the kid still makes the choice to reject God and go their own way, which is devastating
1: Right. And it comes down to we can't make our kids accept the Lord.
0: Yeah. So I would say, look, this verse can't mean here's your promise, do this, receive this back. It's not an exchange. That's not really the way any of the Christian life works, except for we run to Christ, we confess our sin, and he exchanges his righteousness for our sin. Like that's the great exchange. The rest of the Christian life is a walk, right? It's not a performance-based thing. So, this is where you get into a little bit of the translational issues with this verse. But there's two big views of where people really come down on. If you if you understand, okay, first of all, this is a proverb, not a promise, right? So, it's a principle, it's a general principle. Some people take it from the negative warning aspect and they take this verse like listen to it this way because you can't get there from the way this verse looks in the original train up a child in the way they should go and in the end they will not depart from it mm-hmm. as in if you don't really teach them the gospel you don't influence them with jesus and they just go their own way they're gonna keep going their own way and they're gonna end up there right? Mm -hmm. So it's a negative warning. Hey, don't do that. That's a legitimate view to take of this verse. I personally lean towards the other version of this in the sense of train up a child in the way they should go. You're looking at more of their personality. What are their passions? What are their interests? You tap into that and you steer them towards the Lord to use that in a way like to leverage that artistic ability for the glory of God, right? You help them discover Who they are in Christ, and in the end, they will not depart from it. So I think you got to take one of those two positions in reality. And I think both of those positions are accurate, right? Like, so at the end of the day, you can't look at it as an exchange, a promise. Look at it as this is something that I need to be consciously aware of. It really matches train up your child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But if you add this wrinkle of identify, what are their passions? Where are those leading them? What direction are they, are they going? Don't just mold them into your image of what you think they should be like. This is my idea of what a good Christian should be, so I'm going to make sure they conform to that. Like, No, don't. Don't go there. Identify what makes them tick and then lead them into that.
1: So what are you passionate about as a parent? They will be passionate about what you're passionate about. But again, that's not going to last forever.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're going to follow your lead. If you love sports, chances are they're going to like sports. But as they grow older, if your eyes are open to what direction they're going and you're aware that, hey, they're not me, all my kids are going to be different, you can pick up on, oh, they really do enjoy that.
1: Yeah, God has gifted each one of our kids uniquely Mm -hmm. and as parents, we have to channel that. How can that bring glory to God? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's acting, dancing, you name it. God can get glory from that. Mm. A lot of times what parents do in moderation, our kids will do in excess.
0: Yeah, we have to be aware of that. Absolutely. And if you want to pass on your faith... You have to first of all, make sure that you have a walk with God. You have a faith that you can pass on,
1: yes, oftentimes, I hear of parents that are really struggling because their kids aren't walking with the Lord and they don't understand why. mm-hmm, but what's being modeled to them isn't walking with the Lord, mm-hmm. I recently came across this quote on Facebook from a friend and it fits in perfectly with this podcast. I have a lot of screenshots on my phone. (laughs) It goes like this, our children learn more by observing what we do than from what we say. That includes being active, healthy members of a local church. Basically guys, actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, a lot of Christian parents, they'll say it's important but they're not active at church, they're disinterested, they're not faithful, they're not really committed to the body of Christ. It all teaches a different lesson. Mm. And I can't tell you how often I see parents that are not faithful in church. Maybe they're there once, maybe twice a month. They don't push their kids to attend youth group discipleship. We live in a crazy world with Mm -hmm. influencers Mm -hmm. that do not know Jesus. And we hand them a phone to be influenced by that. But when it comes down to an hour of their week to be discipled by someone who loves Jesus and cares for them, we say, oh, no, you don't have to go because you don't want to.
0: And you let them make the decision. Right. You're not the parent who's like, look. This is what you need. We made a decision to do this. This is part of our family, family commitment together. You just let them decide. That's actually not parenting.
1: But what have they observed? They observed that you yourself aren't faithful, so you cannot be upset one day when they are not in church, when mm-hmm. they aren't walking with the Lord, and you say, "Oh man, what happened?"
0: Because mm-hmm. they're watching very closely. Your commitment your passions what do you really care about
1: you're saying you follow jesus but how is that put into action in your life so that it does influence your kids
0: yeah this is another stat that you found julie one of your trusty screenshots i'll read this one this is a pretty interesting stat but 93 to 95% of the time that you spend with your kid will happen before they turn 18. The final 5 to 7% will be stretched over the next 50 years. And I've heard before even when they hit high school, it starts really really dropping off. Yeah. Like you could probably say 90% of your time with your kid, I don't know, I'm riffing here on this, but 90% of your time is probably like before they go to high school let's be real
1: yes take heed with those stats i am taking heed to myself that our time with our kid is just so precious Mm -hmm. don't waste it Mm -hmm. be that influencer for that percentage of time that you have with your kid
0: all of life is in one sense a conflict resolution and that is a huge piece of life that you can teach them when they're young when they're still in your home when you still have that 90 to 95 percent of time with them they're watching you how you interact with people how you deal with problems how you manage a situation right that's a great opportunity to cue them in on that talk through those things with them those problems that you're dealing with
1: yeah even think through your day i know some parents love working Mm -hmm. that is not a bad thing But it can become a bad thing when you are never with your kids. And that's the most percentage of time that you have. And then all of a sudden they're adults (laughs) and you don't have the time anymore.
0: Yeah. I think one of the things we really have to pay more attention to as parents, and I mean, we're speaking to ourselves here too on this one, is to monitor their influencers. It's easier to do it when they're younger. It gets harder and harder as time goes on for sure. But who are their influencers?
1: This is such a big topic. Yeah. Literally, we live in a society where a lot of people make a lot of money having the job title of Mm -hmm. influencer.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, you have the practical real life, like their friends are influencing them. That's a big one. And you want to train your kid not to just be completely following the crowd, but to stand out. To do that, they have to have faith of their own. But... The people they hang around are influencing them at school, on their sports team, whatever that is. Technology is the biggest one, though. I mean, what are the stats on this? You found this, too. The stats on how much kids are in front of screens.
1: I just did a quick Google search of what's the average time kids spend on technology. And this is from the CDC. Are you ready for this? I was blown away. Children ages 8 to 10 spend an average of six hours per day in front of a screen. Kids ages 11 to 14 spend an average of nine hours per day in front of a screen. And youth ages 15 to 18 spend an average of seven and a half hours per day in front of a screen. It's a lot. You want to know why depression and anxiety are at an all time high? Mm. Ding, ding, ding. Mm -hmm.
0: And thankfully, I think our kids are bringing that average down. There's some kids that are way more than that. But that time adds up really fast.
1: Is technology bad? No. No, it's not.
0: It's a tool. It's an instrument that can be used for good or bad.
1: And it can be very, very helpful in the right balanced proportion. Mm -hmm. I just find it crazy. Let's take a step back as parents. A lot of kids have phones at a very young age. I see it in the grocery stores. I see it at church. I see it in a lot of stores, just places. Look up. You can see little kids are on phones. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder, what are we doing here?
0: Right. And I realize we could be stepping on some toes here. Our goal here is not to offend anyone and to guilt you and shame you at all. We're just having real talk here. I made the decision from the very beginning when beckham was born i was like look i see kids at events i see kids at grocery stores they can't even be with their mom in the grocery store they have to be on a phone they can't sit at a restaurant and listen to adults talk they have to be on a phone what is that doing to your kids stop and think about it it's zapping their creativity they're not being influenced by you. They're not having a conversation with you. They're not learning about life.
1: You're letting technology in, be the be influencer. Be the influencer, right. And instead what could happen, okay, let's say I'm at the grocery store with my kid and we're looking at produce. Mm-hmm. I can look at my child in the eye and say, look at this red round tomato. You know where this came from? This came from a plant that God made.
0: Mm-hmm. God
1: created everything.
0: You can talk about what's in the products. What tea should we buy? Take a look at the label, right? Oh, the second ingredient in this one is high fructose corn syrup. You know why we're not going to get this one? Let's pick this one over here. It's made with real cane sugar. We we're,
1: eat high fructose corn syrup. We aren't.
0: We do a little. We try not to. <laughs> we try not to. It's, it's a battle. It's hard to avoid. Yeah, it's hard to avoid, but we do our best. But I'm just saying, who would you rather have influence your child? You only have a few years. You really only have a few years. It's going to be gone before you even realize it. just handing your kid a phone. And here's the other thing. I mean, we're really hammering this, but this is a big deal.
1: I think another reason why a lot of parents do this, and I can fall into this trap Mm -hmm. oftentimes with Monroe being at home, is I turn into a lazy parent because I know, hey, if she's watching this show... Mm -hmm. then I don't have to deal with a complaining attitude about not getting the snack she wants. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to deal with getting bothered while I'm working and -hmm. the list goes on. And really it's a reflection on me because Mm -hmm. I don't want to actually do the hard work in parenting and being the influencer. Mm
0: -hmm. And I mean, there's going to be times where it's all right. Like, Hey, look, let's let everybody kind of crash, watch a movie. But think about the content they're watching. Think about who the influencers are. On this podcast, I won't name specific names right now, but there are a lot of content creators out there that are just putting out mindless, soulless content. It's not stimulating their mind. Like You can have a creative show like A Curious George, which is almost like reading a book.
1: Daniel Tiger.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a difference between that and... Well, if you want to really just DM me, if you want to know some of my own pet peeves of YouTubers that I don't let our kids watch because it's weird. It's not good content for kids. They're going to veg out and it's going to numb their mind. If I'm going to have my kids spend a little time on the screen, I'm going to watch the show first. I think it's very important that you watch the show a handful of times first. And then you put it on the approved list, like, okay. That one's a good show.
1: Yes, and that's the season of parenting we're in. Now, we will get to a point in our parenting where we have to give a little more inch and have them think through. Is this biblical? Is this right? It's the world we live in, and you have to work through that technology piece.
0: To really be the influencer of your kid, you need to monitor what their influencers are, especially at a young age. So do some research. Who are these people that are making this content? What's their purpose? What's their worldview? Those things are going to matter.
1: I also find it really interesting recently on Instagram. I follow the Today Show. Just get some interesting news sometimes. Mm -hmm. And Jennifer Garner was on the Today Show. I don't know if any of you saw this, but she was asked, hey, why don't your kids have social media? And I'm going to paraphrase it. She basically said, Show me statistics that prove that it's healthy for kids. (laughs) She's not a Christian.
0: Right. There are no statistics that say it's healthy for your kids. It's actually to the contrary. All of the facts point to how unhealthy it is. Now,
1: that was in relation to social media, but I think Mm -hmm. you can go broader with that. Technology as a whole.
0: Yeah. I mean, just make it as simple as when you were a kid, You had to sit in the back seat of your car on a car ride, and you had to actually have a conversation, read a book, or read a book, or look out the window,
1: draw,
0: right, play the ABC game,
1: yeah, twenty questions, have a conversation.
0: And sure, you're saying, well, like, look, they can draw. Like, yeah, I get that. Maybe you're letting them do a drawing app or something like that. But at the end of the day, just think through how much practical things about life you learned as a kid just by being bored and figuring something out, by listening to a conversation that your parents had. If you're watching your older brother or sister at an event, or if your parents take you to an event, do you want to teach your kid that they can check out and then they can just look at a screen and be in their own little world? What are you teaching your kid there? It's to be selfish. Yeah, yeah. When you could be teaching them all of these other things in life, you could be influencing them the way you want to influence them rather than just having them look at a mindless show for entertainment's sake.
1: I've seen it so very often where a child is on technology, they're on the phone in their own world. Hmm. They're missing out on so much. Even down to an adult can come up to them and talk to them and they, completely ignore the adult. We're not even teaching respect.
0: I know we just laid the gauntlet down. We said a lot there. We're passionate about it. We're not perfect with it either. And yeah, we're all going to make mistakes in this. We're all human here. But the more you pray about it, the more you take this seriously, that, hey, I want to be the influencer of my kid and help them discover who they really are. I don't want... XYZ over here, this person who doesn't even know the Lord. I don't want them to have a stronger voice because what happens is if you don't control the technology, your voice is going to be dwarfed out. That's just the fact of the matter. And the worst thing you can really do is just be lazy and let your kid numb their mind with entertainment. It kills their creativity. And it diminishes their own imagination and they miss out on so many life lessons that can be learned.
1: I just want to challenge parents right now. Maybe you think, man, I'm in this moment listening to this podcast and our kids are on iPads and watching movies and those screen time statistics are us. It's me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Take a deep breath. (laughs) Take it to the Lord. Pray about it. Write out your priorities as a family.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And come up with a plan for how to almost detox from it, right? And get to a balancing point. It's not all bad, right? And it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy to detox in a sense if they're used to hours and hours. You're probably
0: not going to be able to go cold turkey right away. That probably isn't going to be the best method.
1: But do you want to look back in 10 years and say, you know what? We had two weeks of uncomfortableness and it was hard Mm -hmm. and we got to a really good balancing point and it benefited our kids in Mm -hmm. this way, in this way, in that way. Or do you want to look back in 10 years and say, we didn't do the hard work for two weeks, so however long it is to kind of get to a balancing point, and it affected our kids in a really negative way.
0: Yeah, and we're going to talk more about this particular point next week, but be the tour guide of God's world. It fits. Oh, there's, I like there's that. Parallels. Where did you get that? I don't know. I just came up with it. We're going to look at Deuteronomy 6 next week, and we're going to be talking more about that.
1: Be the tour guide of God's world.
0: Yeah. Wouldn't you rather do that with the precious time that you have with your kid rather than just handing them some other influencer? So as you do all of this, you're looking for their strengths, you're looking for their weaknesses, and you can talk to them about that. The goal as a parent really is to prepare them for life without you. Train them up to the point where they can leave and they can thrive. You, You want that to be... An amazing transition. You don't want that to be heartbreak of like, oh, now I'm lonely. I don't know what to do. My life is gone because I was living my life through my kid and my kid can't survive because I did everything for them. That's not what we're talking about when we're saying be the influencer. You want to train them up so that they can go out and change the world for God's glory. And hopefully that's the reason why you're listening to this podcast.
1: We also can't let our kids dominate our schedule and our life with what they want. So... They don't want to go to church, so we don't make them. Or they want to have this expensive restaurant, so we do it. And they want to sign up for three sports, so we do it. And the list can go on and on and on.
0: Right. You're not the one who's parenting at that point in time. You're letting them steer the ship.
1: They are influencing you. (laughs) Yeah. Not you influencing them. Yeah. And I get there is a balance. Again, hey, we're going to go out to eat. Here's this option and this option.
0: Yeah, I mean, in this regard, Paxton, he's played soccer since he was three. And really the only reason we had him playing that early was because Beckham was playing sports and we didn't want Paxton to feel left out. So it was the easy thing to sign him up for soccer. Turns out he loves soccer. He's really good at it. But he's played it since he's three. He's seven now. And he's already done it for four years. That's a lot of soccer for a seven-year-old. And he's expressed that he would like to try like basketball or gymnastics. And so in one sense, it's like, oh, man, as a dad, I would love to see you stay at this because you're really good at it. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking of this verse. And I'm like, you know what? The kid's seven. Let him take it off for a year. If he wants to come back and do soccer later, he'll enjoy it more and will have a passion for it. If he wants to go off and discover something else, let him do that too. Maybe he'll like a different sport. He's really good at art. We already know that. You've really helped him with all of that. But just don't let your kid dominate the schedule. You are steering them in the right direction because you're the parent and you love them and you know what's best for them. You know things about life that they don't know. You can't forget that. You have to remember you are steering them in the direction that they need to go which is towards god and also learning how they can take all these different interests and shape those for god's glory
1: as a mom i am an influencer i'm not an influencer in the world's perspective on social media Mm -hmm. it's not my job title there
0: you haven't chosen to do that
1: no but as a mom i am and i've got four followers one is a nine, almost ten. Actually, by the time this is out, I think he'll be ten. <laughs> Seven, four, and ten months. They're not going to be influenced by what I post online because mm-hmm. they're not on online. But you know what they are influenced by? They're influenced by my words, my reactions, my attitudes, my priorities. Same goes for dads as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. it really does. And
1: those actions speak louder than
0: so when you're sending a text, communicate to your kid. Hey, you know what? I'm sending a text right now. And even say the name of the person if you can, like if it's appropriate. It helps them understand like, hey, wait one second. Dad's got to finish this text. I'm sending a text over here to Billy. And then put the phone down, look at your kid in the eye, and have a conversation with your kid. Like don't let them have to compete for your attention. Be the influencer of your kid. Train them up in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it.
1: In closing, I think there's a few questions we could ask ourselves as parents. What kind of an influencer are you? What kind of an influencer would your kids say that you are? Hmm. Ultimately, what kind of an influencer does God say that you are?
0: Hmm.
1: And is there anything that you need to change as a parent right now? The technology piece or the way you talk with your kids, or maybe you say, you know what? I'm gonna get more serious with my walk with the Lord and I do want my kids in church, but I'm not in church. So how are they gonna be in church one day if I'm not doing it? So you need to be more faithful to your local church.
0: Are there a few nights of the week, at least one, that you carve out where we're gonna have devotions as a family and you lead in that way? That's a really important thing to do. Absolutely. One of the other things we love doing in this series is giving you some resources. And Julie, I want to just hand it over to you. What do we want to recommend tonight?
1: I would like to recommend actually two different children's books. One is called The Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones. This is an incredible book. And if you do not have it, go buy it now you could use it as a guide for your family devotions like david just referenced it takes the whole of scripture and she is an incredibly talented writer and the way she weaves the gospel in and out through it it's very very convicting as a parent as you read Mm -hmm. to your child the second resource i want to share with you is called tales that tell the truth this is a children's book series it's written by several different authors. Each book is written by a different author, but they are illustrated by the same artist. So it has a consistent flow. I cannot recommend these books enough. There's one specifically called The Garden, the Curtain, and the Cross. It's just the gospel.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a great book.
1: The way it's worded is just beautiful. The art is beautiful. These make a great gift if you're going to a baby shower and you can get them in board book style or just regular kid book. Order those now if you do not have them. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I second that. Well, thanks, Julie. This has been good. Hopefully it's been helpful for you. Pass it on to someone else who you think will benefit from it. And let's keep the dialogue open. We'd love to hear your comments and feedback. And we'll do it again next week.
1: You are loved.